بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا تھرٹی فسٹ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی in which at the beginning of the holy verse Allah the almighty and glorious mentions how to perform the wudu so what was the reason for the revelation of this verse so there is a report the hadith is recorded in sahih bukhari fatul bari 8-121 ibn kathir's tafsir volume 3 page 116 of the english translation Our beloved mother Sayyidah Aisha, she relates, Allah, upon returning to Al-Madinah, so this was when she was with the Prophet on a journey, probably on a campaign when they were returning. Upon returning to Al-Madinah, a necklace of mine was broken and lost in Al-Bayda area. So another report explains this necklace belonged to her sister Asma, radiyallahu anh. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encamped there and he went to sleep with his head on my lap. Another report explains that the Prophet gave orders to look for the, the necklace. So they were out looking for this and meanwhile the Prophet was resting on the lap of Aisha radiyallahu. Time passed. Abu Bakr, my father then entered. And he struck me on my flank with his hand, saying, You have detained the people because of a necklace. Thus I wished I had died because I could not move. Rasulullah was sleeping on my lap, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and because of the pain Abu Bakr caused me. So what happened? So obviously, they can't find the necklace. Time passes, it's time for salat. The time of salat is near. There's no water. So Abu Bakr in anger, he goes and he, he strikes Aisha on the, on the flank. And she goes, I couldn't move because the Prophet was resting and he caused me pain. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereupon arose when dawn broke, meaning it was the early period of Fajr. And there was no water. Upon this, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed this verse, I verse 6. O Sayyid ibn Hudair radiyallahu thereupon said, O family of Abu Bakr, Allah the Almighty has blessed the people because of you. Therefore you are only a source of blessing. I for the people. Subhanallah. So what happened? Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse and further on it mentions Tayyimam. I the command to do Tayyimam. There was no what. So the Sahaba was so happy that O Sayyid ibn Hudair who was one of the chiefs, he praised the family of Abu Bakr. He goes, you brought nothing but goodness to the Ummah, meaning we've been now blessed with Tayyamun, which wasn't even given to the previous Ummah. And then the report, another report mentions, they couldn't find the necklace. They prayed the prayer with Tayyamun. And when the camel arose, the necklace was under the camel. <laughs> so Allah, Allah had hidden it. But he wanted the honor to go to Abu Bakr's family. So this was the reason for the revelation, the background of this verse. So now if you look at the verse, I don't know what translation you've got, but 
it mentions here, all you who believe, when you will rise for salah, so the word is qumtum. In some translations it says when you prepare, but this isn't a good translation. All you who believe, when you rise for salah, so what does that mean? So Imam Qurtubi in his tafsir, volume 6, page 49 of the English translation, he, he comments upon this. The scholars disagree about what is meant by these words, i.e. to stand up, i.e. get up to pray. One group said it is general to every getting up to performing salah, whether one is purified or not. So what's one of the views? One view of understanding this verse is you have to do a fresh wudu for every salat. So because the Quran says, all you who believe when you get up to offer salat. When someone gets up for salat, they must perform wudu. Sayyidina Ali used to do it and he recited this verse as a proof. This is recorded also in Darimi in his Musnad. Something similar is related by Ikrima. Muhammad ibn Sirin said the Khalifs used to perform wudu for every salah. Thus, according to this, the ayat is one of judgment, it is not abrogated. So, what's one view of this verse? So, when Allah says, Oh, you who believe when you rise for salat, then he mentions wudu. One meaning here, and this is from the Khilafah Rashidin, is that it means for every salat you have to do wudu. Even if you've got wudu. Imam Qurtubi then says, Rahmatullah A second group say it is specific to Rasulullah. Then he calls a hadith. Abdullah ibn Hanzala ibn Abi Amr al-Ghasil. He said, Rasulullah was commanded to perform wudu for every salah. This became difficult for him. And he was commanded to use the miswak and the obligation of wudu was removed from those who had not broken it. So in this report, the Prophet was told specifically, you must perform wudu for every salat. But then Allah made it easier for him that the sewak could be used in place of this. Then Imam Qurtubi calls a second hadith. Al-Qama ibn al-Fakhwa relates from his father, one of the companions who was the guide of Rasulullah to Tabuk, that this verse was revealed as a dispensation for Rasulullah because he used not to do anything without being in wudu. Nor would he speak to anyone, nor return a greeting. Thus Allah the Almighty informed him in this verse that wudu is for rising for the salat alone rather than other actions. So look how amazing. <coughs> According to this hadith, Rasulullah couldn't do anything without wudu. Think about that. Anything he couldn't do, he had to be in wudu. He couldn't even return the salam, give you salam. So Allah the Almighty revealed this verse and he said <coughs> only for salah you need to do wudu. So this is a second view. A second view is this verse is referring to Rasulullah. He had to do wudu for the salat. Then Imam Qurtubi said there's a third view. Another group said that what is meant is wudu for every salah out of excellence. And so the command is a recommendation. 
many of the companions, including um, Ibn Umar, used to do this. So another view is, Allah says, literally get up and offer wudu for salat. But companions of the Prophet said, this was a recommendation, meaning it's an excellent deed. But it's not an obligation unless you need to do it. So note, there's commentary here. So out of the three views, the safest is to do a fresh wudu for every salat, if you're a person of taqwa. But the majority of scholars say it's a recommended act, except for Rasulullah. So here, note again, the translation, you have to be careful. If it says prepare, then you've lost it. All you who believe when you rise for salat, then the wudu is mentioned. Imam Malik, in his muwatta, he mentions a few reports. So in his muwatta number 41, he relates. Zayd ibn Aslam, rahmatullahi relates that Umar radiyallahu said, إِذَا نَامَ أَحَدُكُمْ مُدْتَجِعَ فَلْيَتَوَدَّ Whoever sleeps lying down should perform wudu. <coughs> so, Amir al-Mu'mineen, he said that if you lie down and sleep, when you get up, you have to do wudu. Imam Malik, rahmatullahi, he relates a second report. This is in his Muwatta, and it's the same reference, number 41. Zayd ibn Aslam, he said, and he quotes this verse, verse 6. He said, this is done when you rise from your bed from sleep. Sorry. So, Zayd ibn Aslam, he commented upon this verse. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Oh, you who believe when you rise for prayer, kumtum, when you rise, he uses the, Allah ta'ala uses the word kumtum when you rise. So, Zayd ibn Aslam said it means when you, idha kumtum minal madaji, when you rise from your bed from sleep. This is when you do wudu. So look how interesting. The Quran doesn't mention bed. The Quran says when you rise, offer salat. So, Zayd ibn Aslam said, rise from your bed then you do wudu. This is also in Kurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 6, page 51 of the English uh, translation. A third report, Imam Malik's Muwatta number 42. Nafi relates that Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu used to sleep sitting and then pray without performing wudu. Anna ibn Umar kana yanamu jalisa thumma yusalli wala yatawadda. So there's a difference. If you sit sitting and you're sitting without resting against anything and you fall asleep, it doesn't break your wudu. But if you rest upon something and you sleep sitting, then it breaks your wudu. So Ibn Umar would sleep sitting. He clearly mentions he would sleep. He would get up and pray salat. There would be no wudu. So the difference is when you lie down. If you lie down, then you, of course you broke your wudu. So this is also pointed out here by Imam Malik. Rahmatullahi. Also in the work, a commentary on Zad al-Mustaqni. This is a Hanbali work. Right? So a commentary on this. It mentions there, page 192. This is in Sumbi. So if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, So if you look at the verse, it says, And wash your feet until the ankles and wash your feet until so the word Allah is used Allah 
or ila al-ka'bayn wash your feet until the two ankles but it mentions here in this respected work ilah means ma'a here with the ankles therefore it is mandatory to wash the ankles with the feet so this is very important if you just look at the quran allah ta'ala saying wash your feet until the ankles so you could make a serious mistake here. you could think right allah ta'ala said up to my ankles so i'll wash under my ankles if you do that you're not in wudu so the sheikh says ilah here means ma'a with the ankles so question the person who could pause well why didn't allah the almighty and glorious say that you know why is he said ilah until but the meaning is ma'a including and the answer is allah ta'ala does whatever he sees fit then a second point the sheikh mentions in the same work it refers to the protruding ankle bone at the bottom of the shin region this is in as-siha 1-213 as for the protruding bone at the place of lacing it is not intended by the verse rather this is the view of the shia rafida this is contrary to the established sunnah of rasulullah who clarifies the quran so the ankle so if you look that part is also considered the ankle the upper part of your foot so the rafidis strange strange you know got up the minute they say allah ta'ala is referring to wiping over that the sheikhs of the ahlul sunnah they said no it's talking about the ankle including the ankle and he says the rawafid are alone in this strange opinion so now just to add this wiping over socks so it's very important to understand why is that part of our deen so on the in the same work zat al-mustaqni page 218 it mentions evidence of wiping over the khuf is established to rasulullah mass transmitted from 70 sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum there are 40 authentic hadith amongst them So somebody goes to you, I don't believe in wiping over socks. Quran doesn't mention it. So you respond by saying, it's just as bad as rejecting the Quran. That's what you're talking about. Because the Quran is mutawatir. There's no doubt about any doubt, comma, full stop. Yes. The transmissions of wiping over socks are almost, if not as strong. 70 sahaba narrated it. 40 hadiths are sahih. Bukhari Muslim all over the place then the sheikh said due to this Imam Ahmad said I do not have an issue with masha it is corroborated by 40 hadith established from Rasulullah referred to Al-Mughni by Ibn Qudama 1-360 so note Imam Ahmad didn't mention 70 sahab what did he mention he mentioned 40 sahih hadith so he went to the authenticity this shows he's an imam Then the Shaykh said, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are of the consensus that wiping over the khuf is a concession sanctioned by the Sharia. See Al-Ijma by Ibn Al-Mundir, page 33. This view is only disputed by the Rafidah. May Allah Ta'ala disgrace them. They dispute the khuf being wiped and view that the feet are to be wiped. Look at their strange view. They view that the feet and the feet alone ought to be wiped and they reject wiping over khuf. 
So this is what you'll see. If you watch a Rawafid doing his wudu, he just wipe over his foot. This is what you're doing with the... He goes, Quran tells you. Quran goes, wipe, and we're going to get to that. And he goes, he goes to the ankle, and, the, and they, they mention the upper bone of the foot. Everything's messed up. <laughs> then you put leather soccer, then they have a go at you. What are you doing? He goes, he goes, doesn't say that in the Quran. So they've rejected it. That's why they call rejectors, the Wafid. Then the Shaykh said, due to this, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah emphasized this Sunnah to the extent of mentioning the wiping of the Khuf in the books of Aqidah. Their doing so is to refute the people of Bid'ah who reject the Sunnah, as rejecting the Sunnah corrupts your creed, thus making it relevant for mention within the books of Aqidah. So this is how strange, you look at the book of Aqidah, so they'll start saying things like this, Allah Ta'ala is one, MashaAllah, Rasulullah is the final Prophet, Mashallah. their judgment. And all of a sudden they'll say, uh, wiping over socks. Is that a point of Aqidah? If I don't accept it, does it take me out of Islam? Yeah. Why does that take me out of it? Why would they put that in the book? Because there you go. So know the hardships that Allah Ta'ala imposes upon the innovators. You know, they, they don't wipe, they don't have, they, they don't believe that to be part of the, uh, the teachings. Astaghfirullah. And also in another work by Hafiz ibn Qudama, Fiqh of Worship. It's a commentary of Umdatul Fiqh. So it mentions there. In fact, there's another point. Yes. So going back to the work, Zat al-Mustaqni, page 207. If you look at the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says, And your hands, Allah, so let me, وَأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَأَيْدِيكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ Sorry, إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ And your hands until the elbows. So again, what's happened? Allah Ta'ala is saying this, if you take it literally, wash your hands until you get to the elbow. Don't wash your elbow. Take that literally. The Quran is telling you that. The Shaykh said, this means with the elbows due to Rasulullah's action. What's the hadith? In Darukutni 1-83, Behaki in his Sunan Al-Kubra 1-56, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahumma said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to circulate water over his elbows when performing wudu. So note again, the Quran can misguide you. Allah is telling you literally, wipe only to your, elbow, uh, to your uh, elbows. Rasulullah washed over, he rubbed over his elbows. So the Shaykh saying, Allah Ta'ala used the word Ilah, but it means Ma'a. The word Ilahi means Ma'a. The meaning of the verse is with the elbows. So note, until the ankles, until the elbows. That's the literal translation. But the meaning is, with the ankles, with the elbows. And Allah Ta'ala is doing that for the wisdom best known to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, in Hafiz ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi in his work on Umdatul Fiqh, a commentary, it mentions there, page 67, rinsing the mouth and nostrils. Is that mentioned in the verse? No. The Hanafis, the Malikis and the Shafi'is, they state, rinsing of the mouth and nostrils is Sunnah. The humbly state, it's wajib. So, 
the three months step forward explanation is not in the Quran, right? So obviously it must be a sunnah of the Prophet So why have the humble he said is wajib? In Darakutni Sahih, the Prophet he said, when you perform wudu, rinse your mouth. So it's a command. So Imam Ahmad said a command is given. Rinse your mouth, meaning the mouth becomes wajib for you to rinse. And also in Bukhari and Muslim, Abu Huraira relates that the Prophet said, when one of you performs wudu, man tawadda'a fal yastan shir. Fal yastan shir. He should sniff out water from his nostrils, and, sorry, sniff up water in his nostrils and blow it out. Command. So the Prophet commanded us to sniff water into our nostrils and to blow it out. So Imam Ahmad said, therefore it's wajib. And also there's a hadith from memory. The Quran mentions the face needs to be washed. But aren't the nose and the mouth part of the face? So Imam Ahmad uses that as a proof as well. The humblies also differed whether if a person forgets to do it. So this is the humbly thing, is wajib. So if I as a humbly don't gargle and I don't sniff water up my nose, is my wudu valid? There's a split between the humblies. Some say it is invalid. You have to do wudu again. Others stated, no, it's valid, but you've committed a sin. So there's a split between the humblies. So out of precaution, they should do it again. Wiping the head. So again, according to the Imams, excluding Imam Ahmad, wiping the head is fadat because the Quran mentioned you need to wipe over your head, but how much? So the Hanafis famously say a quarter. The Shafi say just a few hairs. The humbly said the entire head. So why do they state that? The sunnah is to wipe twice, starting from the front to the back, and then the back to the front. This is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. Abdullah ibn Zayd, he relates that the Prophet would do this, because he wiped from the front to the back of his neck, then he would come all the way back to the front. So Imam Ahmad said, all of the hair needs to have a wipe. The Hanafis, they look at another hadith in Sayyid Muslim, where the Prophet had a turban, he moved it slightly and he wiped just a little bit of the hair and the Hanafis deduced from that it was a quarter of the hair and there's also a view you can wipe over the turban again so there's all these views mentioned so why am I mentioning all this because all of this is helping to explain the command in this verse so what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say O you who believe when you rise for salah wash your faces and your hands to the elbows rub your heads and your feet to the ankles. Mm. So note again, Allah Ta'ala hasn't given you any details. He's just given you the minimum here. But the details are given from, of course, our beloved messenger, And this also shows, of course, that he was decreed to elaborate upon the glorious Qur'an. So all I mentioned was a few rules and regulations. The revelation, why this holy verse was revealed due to the family of Abu Bakr and I mentioned some of the rulings which are relevant with regards to this sacred verse and where you can easily go wrong if you take the verse literally but of course the scholars are there to guide us 
Are there any questions? So one of the one of the home 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 of